0: strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
1: Welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. with the Volks. My name is Shelley.
2: And my name is June. Hi, everyone.
1: We continue with a subject that we started on Monday, and that is the true knowledge of God. And we spoke about a quote that Paul has in 2 Timothy 1-2. He says, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. And our question on Monday was, how many things are there in your life that are so deeply entrenched in you that no matter what comes against these things, you will stand firm? No matter what, you cannot be persuaded otherwise. Well, Paul's whole life speaks of the fact that he was persuaded, and the persuasion caused him to live a certain life. Because in the Greek, the word persuade means to rely on by inward certainty. It's a lot deeper than the persuasion that we know of in, naturally speaking, where perhaps you are arguing or debating somebody. Somebody wins a debate, so the other person might be persuaded. This is reliance on by inward certainty, So we see there's a great difference between the natural looking at knowledge or the biblical way of looking at knowledge. And we also brought up the fact that there were two trees in the garden, the tree of life, which is Jesus, who is the ultimate source of all knowledge. Or the forbidden tree that God said, do not eat from, to Adam and Eve, and they ate from it, that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that brought death. So we need to see not just what knowledge is, but what is the source of our knowledge. And there's a great contrast between natural knowledge, which is information, or principles learned, or the sum of what is known, and biblical knowledge, and we pointed out Biblical knowledge goes a lot deeper. For example, in John chapter 17, verse 3, we read, And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus whom thou hast sent. You would not think that knowledge has anything to do with eternity, but there it is. This is eternal life, that they may know thee. We also see that knowledge that comes from God has to go into the heart and not just stay in the mind. We read Jeremiah 24, verse 7. God speaking to Israel, but this is applicable to all of us, whatever our background is. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. We also read from Jeremiah 9, 24. But let him that glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Familiar verses in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We pointed out again the contrast between biblical knowledge and worldly knowledge. In fact, our, our how can I say it, worldly knowledge could really interfere with true knowledge because when we rely on our own reasoning or logic, we can even hinder the knowledge of God. We read Second Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. From the Greek word for imaginations, we get our words, our English words, logic and reasonings. These interfere with the true knowledge of God, and we saw that Obedience and knowledge are dramatically linked together. First John two verses three and four. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And a verse in Revelation say says liars shall not enter the kingdom. We went on to read from Ephesians one seventeen, the Father of glory. may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we see the knowledge of him comes from obedience to the word of God. You cannot separate obedience to the biblical knowledge that we are talking about. All right, let's go on to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2. The word says in Peter's introduction, Grace and peace be multiplied to you, Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Okay, where does grace and peace come from? Through the knowledge of God. Again, so we see the implications of biblical knowledge, Journey is so far deeper and more intimate than just knowledge that represents an accumulation in our brain matter. So we need to see that. In fact, in that knowledge, that word "knowledge" is the deepest in the Greek language, the strongest word implying a thorough and intimate knowledge. And here's the key: that exerts an influence on a person. See, knowledge could be accumulation of facts, naturally, but the knowledge here speaks of a thorough and intimate knowledge that exerts an influence. On a person. That's powerful.
2: And you can see that even more, Shelley, in the amplified version where it reads Second Peter chapter one, verse two, may grace, which is God's favor and peace, which is perfect well being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity. And freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Mm. So if you have fears, if you find yourself agitated... If you're in conflicts within, pray that God would impart to you his character through the living Christ who's risen and lives inside of you. Thank you, Lord. That his virtue would begin to transform you and deliver you from your fears. And even if you have outward conflicts, you wouldn't be conflicted within. You would be at peace because you would you would understand and know the Lord, and obey Him when He speaks to you.
1: It's really powerful, June. I pray it uh, it speaks to us as well as to every listener that's hearing this. Let's stay in Second Peter chapter three verse eighteen. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So Paul again, we're going to grow in grace. And which is an important thing in all of our lives and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. It ha- we, it's up to us to embrace this and live in the true knowledge, the biblical sense of knowledge, rather than just accumulating facts in our heads.
2: And, you know, Shelley, so many times uh, there's misunderstanding or judgment of character in another one. And the amplified reads Oh I'm sorry, I was in first John. Okay. It's probably I'm good. Sorry. All right.
1: No, we were looking at Second Peter three eighteen. Th-
2: sorry, Shall I?
1: Okay. Let's go to Colossians chapter one verses nine and ten. Colossians one nine and ten. That you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, Junie, just reading that scripture, somehow I get the picture that we can reach a certain level and be very content in staying in that level. And here, this is such a, uh, an encouraging verse, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, Junie, I've said it many times, the older I get, I won't speak for you yet, but the older I get, somehow there's less and less that I know. Because we think we, we have a hold on things, and yet God is saying... We have to please Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We always have to be seeking God more and more. Again, not through accumulating facts or even memorizing scriptures, although that's a good help, but by pleasing Him, by increasing in the knowledge of God. It's powerful. One other verse I think of, of that goes along where it said, well, we just read that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. In John seven seventeen, we read this word. If any man is willing to do his will, he shall know. Boy, isn't that powerful? If any man is willing to do his will, he shall know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak for myself. So Jesus was always pointing people back to the Father. If anyone is willing to do his will, he shall know. You know, to me, Junie, there's a correlation between that and what we've been speaking about. If you obey his commandments, that's how you increase in the knowledge of God. And this is vital, especially in this day and age when there seems to be so much confusion and chaos. So we need to see that wisdom, knowledge, and understanding are dramatically linked together in scriptures. Listen to this, June, Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Frankly, you know, we can define wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, but we need to see it as the totality of it. It's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. How well do we know the Holy One? That's a key question for all of us.
2: And it's interesting, Shelley, because when we're children, if we do something wrong and we know that our father and mother have taught us something different, we will fear for them to find out because there's a consequence of doing something wrong. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that it is a healthy fear. Thank that you, And our conscience would be clear. And that's what happens when we're born again. God clears our conscience. And that's why we shouldn't go back and live in sin and practice sin. Because our conscience gets seared. And when our conscience gets seared, we do not obey God.
1: Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are the source of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And you want to impart all of those to us, I pray, Lord, that we would cry out to know you more than we do now, always pleasing you and increasing in the knowledge of who you are. We pray this for all of us in Jesus' holy name.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box seventeen eighty four.